0: Welcome to another episode of Laying the Foundation.
1: Welcome, everyone. Uh, This is Laying the Foundation. This is our first episode of our podcast, and I'm excited to bring this to you. My name is Brian Crichton. I'll be your host. I am the president and CEO of CMBA Architects. So we're very excited to have uh, time with you today, and hopefully you'll get a lot out of our podcast here in the future. Today's episode will be uh, making school fun with design and architecture with Courtney Cook and Lee Buchelman, both architects, K-12 architects with our firm. Uh, And they're going to be discussing how do we bring uh, the fun uh, to the daily lives of students within the schools that they get to work on. Today, I've got Courtney Cook and Lee Buchelman, architects here at CMBA. They're on our K-12 team. Uh, Good morning.
2: Good morning. How are you doing, Brian? Good. Morning, Good. Brian.
1: How are you guys?
2: It's fantastic today. We're doing what we love.
1: <laughs> we love that. Right there Absolutely. With you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So um, maybe just give a little bit of background about uh, each one of you, if you could. Maybe Lee, you want to kick us off with that?
3: Yeah, my name is Lee Buechelman. Uh, I've been an architect with CMBA for twelve years. Uh, it was the first place I went coming out of college, and uh, have stuck around because it's a great place to be. Awesome. So kids, Lee? Yeah, have two kids, Jay and Sam. Jay is uh, 10 and Sam is 6. And we just finished up school and starting out the summer. So getting on summer routines. Oh, fun. Fun, fun. Definitely.
1: All right, Court, hey.
3: how are you today?
2: Fantastic. Yeah, this is Courtney Cook. I've been an architect for a CMBA for the last 15 years, which doesn't feel nearly that long because it's fun doing what we do. Um it's uh, great getting to work with the team we have, and every day is something new.
1: All right. So how about you, kids? What, what do you have?
2: Absolutely. Uh, my oldest is a daughter. She's 11, and my son is 8, and we are in all of the activities that life brings at this age, from nights at ball fields and camps all day, and we just added a new puppy to the family, so Life is crazy.
1: Wow, how is that? Yes, chewing on everything, I'm sure. and
2: Yeah, I'm too old for this, Brian.
1: <laughs> Why did you choose Getting to get up in the middle of the nights again, huh?
2: It's awesome.
1: Well, uh, yeah, just like another kid, right? For That's sure. right. Definitely. Always a challenge. Well, today uh, we want to talk about what you guys do on the K 12 side. Uh, schools are a place that uh, kids get to experience on a daily basis, um, and uh, how do you kind of introduce that into their environments? That's what we'd like to hear from you today. So um, thinking about a K-12 project, though, what do you enjoy most about working on some of those? They're very exciting, I'm sure.
2: They are very exciting, and actually the most exciting part of it is Getting to have a unique solution for every client we have, because there's never a one-size-fits-all. It's always going to be unique to them, even though we're still planning classrooms and where students are going to do most of their learning throughout the day. It's unique to see how each client varies on what's going to be important to them and what's going to make the most difference in their students and, and how they approach each day.
3: To, to work with that, it's uh, also just getting involved with the communities, even though schools are all different, all the communities are different, you know, and at CMBA, we, we challenge our employees to be part of communities and schools are just a key piece to a community. So being able to be a part of that and seeing how they, you know, rally around the school when it comes time to passing a bond or something like that and seeing just that support and that excitement uh, that comes from that is, it's also fun to, to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, schools are, um, a lot of people think of them just as boxes with classrooms, but schools do so much more now. Um, I'm sure you see the communities coming into those facilities, right, to use those.
2: Absolutely. And even when we pick communities to live in with our kids, you definitely look at what the schools look like, what facilities you're going to be offered, and how that education is going to impact your own kids.
3: Yeah. businesses even figured it out that that's that's a better way to get into their, mark, their, future, employee, their future employees by, uh, by investing in their local schools, you know, and, and figuring out and um, if, they, if they invest in those students, those students will stick around and be a part of their workforce someday.
1: So I know you probably don't want to uh, pick a specific school that you uh, enjoyed the most over your um, 10 to 15 years experience, but is there a part of a school that maybe you said, I loved working on that particular part?
2: I think where all of the students come together are the most exciting places because that's where the energy happens. We know things happen in the classroom spaces, but it's so fun bringing the different groups together and seeing how they interact with each other in order to create that community and give that space for people to come into and use a building because it's not just for the students and the teachers throughout the school year. A building can be active the entire year and bring in different activities and events and creating that that sense of place for them, I think that's the most exciting piece of it. And how they're going to put their logo or, or their own, you know, weave of their community into that space is what makes those exciting and active.
1: Very cool. Lee, any thoughts on your most favorite part of a K-12 project? A specific spot or a specific space or... Even, a, you know, a specific school, I guess, but is there um, one that in the last few years you can think back on and go, I love that?
3: Yeah, I, I think just recently we, we got to um, finish up the, the Sioux Center High School, and that's, it was a, an incredible project for me uh, because it's, it's where I went to school. That's my alma mater. That's, uh, so it was really fun to be a part of, you know, seeing old teachers, old classmates that are now teachers um community members it was (laughs) sometimes it's it was it was a good time um but then just bringing being a part of the community like i said earlier and just uh being reunited with a lot of uh, old community members that i I knew growing up and and still part of because that's where all my family's at but um kind of working with what courtney said there about community the challenge on that project was how we brought that sense of belonging all the way through the facility and not just isolating it to maybe just the one commons or the gym or, or certain areas, but how we really weaved it through the entire facility. So the entire facility felt like a community.
1: That's cool. Wonderful. I, I, I can definitely sense, you know, that you enjoy what you do, the passion. Um, you know, do you think it's possible to make school more fun with architecture and design?
2: I do. I think that's absolutely something that we bring to the table because anybody can have a classroom. But until you start seeing those students use that space and how you can enhance that with the windows and the materials you're using and those nooks and crannies that students can find their place to learn and how they learn specifically now is really what makes it exciting because we can make that impact for the next 50 years on a building that we start today, and it'll enhance all of those students' experience throughout that facility.
1: Courtney, can you touch on, you know, you talked about individual students and their their wants, their needs. How do you get to know some of that? What What is kind of that process that you think about or use that, that might um, pull some of that out of those students or even teachers, staff, community?
2: Yeah, we have a fantastic process that we go through when we start with any client, but specifically in the K-12 sector, It's awesome to hear from those actual people using the spaces, because until we know what makes them beat and how they're going to use those spaces, we can't plan a facility for them. But listening to them and having breakout sessions with students and faculty members and understanding what's going to get them excited is really where we start laying that foundation, understanding what goes into it in order to give them their best outcome in order to affect their students and faculty.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Um, So thinking about some of those design elements that are in a school, Lee, you know, what are um, some key ones that you think about from let's let's talk about kindergartners or first graders. Right. They they're just coming into a school. So how do you make um, those little design elements important in their daily lives?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, when you start you start at that age level, it's it's bringing it down to their scale. And it, it's making it a place that they see as fun. I mean, you just walk around to a park or any place that's designed for children. It's colorful, it's bright, it's engaging. Um, and our school should really reflect the same thing when those kids uh, walk into those spaces and not be big, boring, and flat walls. They need to be engaging. Um, but as you, as you graduate up into the upper levels, you know, then it, then it becomes more about choice. And I think having spaces that provide that choice for, for students, um, that they get to choose their, their, where they want to learn and just how they want to learn. Um, kids, you know, they, people like to lay down when they learn, read books. Uh, they, and some kids like to sit at tables when they read books or when they need to study. So uh, just as you, as you move forward, introducing that, that power of choice and options uh, along with just a strong sense of school pride. When we get into these smaller districts, uh, that school pride is, it just carries throughout the whole town. Um, those, just how they they work that into everything they do um, and seeing that in their facilities just reminds them what they're a part of.
2: It really is fun, though, when you get to talk to the younger kids, because we have a lot of schools that could probably have rock climbing walls and zip lines and slides, and it's just amazing the creativity that comes out of them that inspires us to get excited about their spaces yeah. and what we can do.
1: Absolutely. Um, thinking of, I think I saw some pictures recently of a school that's in construction that's got a lot of color on the outside. You mentioned color a second ago and what those um, spaces should inspire for those students. Can you talk about that project that has that color on the outside of the building? Yeah, that project is the MOC Floyd
3: Valley uh, Elementary School. Uh, that project was was actually started during COVID and was fully designed in the, not just during COVID, but during the shutdown portions of COVID. So we um, having all those meetings and engaging that uh, early on in that process. But uh, the way that that design developed um, was engaging children. Uh, we, we developed an exterior of the building, right? We did all the planning and laid out the facility, but when it came time to really figure out what's this space gonna look like for children, um, We took a a black and white picture of our building, made it look like a coloring book, and we laid these images in front of, in front of kids and said, if you wanted to, if you wanted to see this building, what would this look like? And they grabbed, we, we just laid out kind of all different sorts of crayons, pencils, markers, whatever it may be, and... I think we all know where that went. It they all so went for just, the bright colors. You just let them go
1: at it. They you had just Whatever just, color yeah. they wanted.
3: We didn't tell them to do anything. We didn't even tell them they had to color it. Um, but uh, obviously, you lay a crayon in front of a kid; they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. But um, but you know, the images that came from that was just. Uh, and these were six to six to ten year olds, so you got quite the range of uh, ability there. But they used probably every crayon that was in front of them on the on the facility. So. What we took from that was, you know, these kids, these kids thinking color, uh, they wanted a space that jumped out to them and uh, said that. So that led us to using some iridescent panels that that color shift uh, depending on how you approach the building and really making it a
1: fun place to place to be. So as you move around the building, the colors change, they, yeah. they
3: really yeah. with yeah. sunlight it, and it shifts from a kind of a green to a blue to a red to a purple and kind of in between there. So.
1: Oh, wow. That'd be cool for a young child to walk into that. Uh, I'm sure they, they are going to look at that and go, wow, that's, that's probably their first impression, I'm sure. That's,
3: that's the goal we're going for. I don't think they're going to be the only ones. I think the rest of the community is going to say the same thing.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So thinking about the community also, Courtney, earlier you talked about some of that school pride, that imagery that comes along with it. Um, And I know, you know, as a former student, I've went through, you know, elementary and middle school, high school, going back to my schools, that imagery, that that pride is fun for me as well. So how do you think about that with with community members?
2: Absolutely. I think everything that we have to think about when we design facilities is how that's going to weave into that community and how that's going to be the representation of them, because we all know. We take pride in our facilities and we take care of them because they reflect us. And if we can be able to enhance that as part of the design, that's going to lead them into the future to be able to have that pride in their space. I know my kids, I don't think we could ever move districts because they are so ingrained with what they're going to be for the rest of their lives that all of our clothing is purple and black. And I don't think we'll ever be able to change that. It's just inherent when you start school that you take on that pride of where you're at And when we can add that in through graphics and color and the logos, it just gives everyone that same level that they're all on the same team.
1: So is it fair to say that schools aren't the red brick buildings that they used to be 40, 50 years ago?
2: Not for us. (laughs) And I really think that we need to reflect who we're working with and who we're working for because these aren't our buildings. These are those communities that reflect that. And we're here to be able to solve those problems and deliver that for them so that they have the pride in what's there.
1: That's so cool. And how about the inside? I know we've talked about color and some unique pieces of it, but. You know, I remember going through uh, hallways at school and and it was hallways, right? And there would be doors into classrooms. Has that changed over the last 10, 15 years in your work?
2: I think that's been the biggest shift shift. is Mm -hmm. that it doesn't need to be just a blank corridor that has to move people through a building, that we can engage and activate those spaces to make the classrooms extend out into that hallway space, giving those teachers that room that they need to... Include breakout groups and meeting with professionals that come in to help with their classes to give them all of that active space that it's not just a transportation feature that you have to move around the building, but a way to engage the entire facility to work as educational spaces.
3: Well, according to the process that Courtney talked about earlier, when we we sit down and talk to those teachers, um, we learn just how much teachers use the hallway for classrooms. They're sending kids out into those really? hallways all the time okay. for additional learning, testing, reward, because they got done with their assignment on time, whatever it may be, how often they use those those hallways. So why don't we make those hallways a learning space? Brian, mm-hmm. you alluded to it earlier that mm-hmm. um, schools need space, and honestly, schools also can't afford to have space sit empty. So every space needs to somehow become a learning space so it's an investment in many different ways
1: so that that circulation space is learning space is what you're saying we're seeing it being used that way and so we're laying
3: out our buildings to reflect that
1: oh wow yeah that's definitely different than 30 40 years ago for sure awesome you're um, saying you never got sent to the hallway, Brian? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I spent my time out there and on the way to the principal's office on yep, occasion, so. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Thinking about the zoo Center School, that probably brought back some memories of, of those types of things for you as well. Walked all those hallways, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
2: Attention architecture students, are you looking for a hands-on internship opportunity? that will provide you with real world experience and a competitive pay rate. Look no further than CMBA Architects. Our internship program offers flexible scheduling, a casual dress code, and team building exercises to help you build valuable skills and connections in the industry. Plus, who doesn't love having Fridays off?
0: to learn more about our internship program visit the careers page at cmbaarchitects.com and spend your summer with cmba
1: well very cool i think um again your passion comes out for sure but can you talk about how on a daily basis you get the the reward of of your work right it's we get down into the minutia of of designing buildings but what other rewarding pieces and parts of that uh, are important to you
3: well, it is, it is getting down into that minutia and carrying those those strong ideas and concepts into even the details of the building and, and making sure that the handrails and the guardrails even reflect that openness and uh, innovation and that it's not, we're not throwing standard building types and solutions into innovative concepts. You know, so it, when you get into that minutia, it's taking it to the next level down and really... Implementing it all the way through the process.
2: I absolutely love getting to work with all of the different people we have too on projects because not only do we get to meet with leadership and school boards that start the project for us, but down and meeting with faculty and those students and the team we're working with, bringing in engineers and interior designers and the rest of our team in order to create all together. It's not creating in a vacuum, it's working together and all of those unique people that you bring to the table creates those unique solutions because like we said early on you can have buildings that solve the problem but how can we make those meet that community and those users and those students and really be fulfilling for everyone so that it is a project that everyone loves to be a part of. That's The relationships are huge to me and I feel that every day that I love problem solving and that's really what brought me here, but it's the relationships with those clients that we have that become long-term that we call after a project's done because we want to keep working with them and being able to still keep that relationship going is really what gives me the excitement of every day.
1: So do you try to celebrate with those clients basically long-term? you try to have some connection with them?
2: Absolutely. We actually... In most K-12 environments have to pass bonds and all of my clients know that the day of a bond, that if you send me a donut emoji by text, that means we won and I will deliver donuts the next day because that is how we celebrate. That's so awesome. That's kind of our our insight to knowing a bond was passed.
1: Those personal connections then. That-
2: that's right.
1: So I guess thinking about, um, you know, we've been talking about what's happened the last 10 years or how your work is um, going today. What's the future look like for how do we incorporate some of that as we go forward?
2: I think the future is incredible. Just seeing my own children and what has changed when I went through school. Like you said, Brian, things are completely different now seeing my my kids go through the school and what they bring home every day and what they're learning is a complete shift from what I did, and I think that's the most exciting part. That so is they don't ever just sit evolving. and
1: sit and listen to a teacher lecture all day? Not
2: at all. And my Never. eight-year-old son is is a true testament of this because he is definitely hands-on. He's my Lego kid, so he has loved the shift to hands-on learning and that just deciding what's happening and being able to create that on his own rather than just getting that direct that direct learning because. He has brought home so many unique things that under the surface is math and reading, but because it's in such a context that makes it desirable for them to learn, they can remember it so much easier. And I love getting to see the passion that they have for learning that's different than what I had when I was younger. I was very much book-focused and I could do that, but seeing him and how he's handling things, I love how things have changed. And as the future continues to evolve, I think that's just going to help all of those students, whether you are on the path for you know direct book learning or on hands and skills and trades. I think the way we're seeing education now is helping all of those students move them to the next level.
3: I think you're going to see schools building stronger partnerships with businesses with community colleges and really starting to cater their their curriculums to those those relationships uh, to build on that because I think kids are gonna start coming out with more skills and because knowledge is at our fingertips on, on the technical devices so we carry it's with gonna us everywhere. Very, yeah it's gonna be it's a, a very nice. skill based coming out than probably when we were when we came out of school, you sure. know? And so I think Schools are going to work closer and closer with those relationships and make sure their students are equipped
1: to, to engage at that next level. That's so cool, Courtney. You talked about the team that comes together on a project. Are schools going to that as well? How is how is that being uh, integrated into our design process?
2: Absolutely. I think bringing everyone together and having those multiple voices there creates a better solution in the end because if we're driven by only one decision and and one person leading this it's one vision but being able to bring everyone together to to push that and propel that in order to have a cohesive vision I think that's where we see a lot of the successful projects come together
1: very cool all right. Well, uh, I think we're getting close to the end, but thinking about your work as we progress, um, we talked about the, the potential change, you know, or, or adjustments moving forward. Do you see technology becoming very integral, even at the young age uh, level for students?
2: Absolutely. Uh, my children come home with Chromebooks now, which is very new to us because that's not something that we did. Mm -hmm. And I think every facility that we need to look at, that needs to be included. It can be something that's added on later. It has to be integral to those spaces so that there is no learning loss in trying to understand technology and integrate it. It's here. Like you said, we have the device in our hand that will give us everything we need in a second. We need to make sure that that's easily accessible to students and, and teachers so that their day can be fulfilled with everything they need
3: to do yeah technology is definitely taking a shift it's it's just understood to be a tool and is expected now we when we went to school it was we had to learn how to use that technology we had classes to right. teach us there those classes barely exist now you know that it's just expected to be the tool that those kids use so uh, the facilities need to respond to that from a flexibility standpoint and it's going to be expected to just be there yeah, I, I, seamless.
1: I, I can see that, absolutely, that it's that's a part of their daily lives, part of uh, the things that they um, just expect in the spaces. So thinking about your work as, that's sitting on your desk right now, what are some fun things you're doing today in education design? I'd say uh, a project that we
3: just, we just completed, uh, or it's going out to bid right now, is uh, a school up in Chamberlain, uh, South Dakota. And... Unique to that project is just how strong they wanted to pull out South Dakota history. So as you walk through the halls of that building, you're going to get the history of South Dakota as you move through it from east to west as you walk through. So just integrating that pride now, not only at a community school level, but now statewide level and just making that available to K through fifth graders. It's just going to be part of their daily life, the history of South
1: Dakota. That's a beautiful place out there too, Chamberlain area. It's a great drive in the morning. Yeah. Court, <laughs> what's on your desk today?
2: We have so many projects in master planning, but I think the exciting thing about that is that all of these schools are looking to the future and how they can be prepared so that it's not reactive, that we're being proactive and understanding what those needs are going to be. It's it's exciting to think 20 years into the future. It's a little scary, but it's also very exciting and those are where we're at in a lot of projects right now is is understanding what those needs are going to be and being prepared for when we need to make that next addition or that next building to give them that sense of pride that we've talked about and be prepared.
1: That's awesome. Being forward thinking then for our clients that way.
2: Absolutely. And so many of them start at that that spot where they want to see where they can go. And we know that a lot of projects have to be phased because that's what the world we're living in right now is how can we be prepared for the next influx of students? How can we be prepared for technology changes as they advance? But we need to be able to help those clients have that path forward and that vision in order to be able to implement in the best way.
1: Thank you both for that great conversation. Uh, really enjoyed the the uh, points that we uh, talked about uh, in regards to making school fun with design and architecture. So thank you for uh, being with me today.
0: Thanks for having us, Brian.
2: Thanks, Brian. It's been great.
0: Thank you all for listening. Uh, This has been Laying the Foundation by CMBA Architects. And of course, you can find us on any other podcast streaming platform, website between Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Of course, be sure to check out our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can see all kinds of cool pictures from a lot of the projects that we've worked on. And of course, check out our website, cmbaarchitects.com. You can see pictures there as well. And if you're an architect or interior designer out there that's maybe looking for a job or maybe a student that's looking for an internship we highly encourage you to go over to the website where you can apply and maybe come hang out with us over at CMBA and that's today's episode of laying the foundation